It's not about us taking the enthusiasm and what do we do about it. It's listening to the people who come forth and how they want to participate. If the Democrats get in, they're going to raise your taxes. You're going to have crime all over the place. You're going to have people pouring across the border. So why would that be a blue wave? I think it could be a red wave. You're listening to the Nolan Cleary Network on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and more. Your one-stop shop for 2018 midterm coverage. Politics Weekly. I'm your host, Nolan Cleary. Politics Weekly is a podcast on politics, news, and principles. This week, a specialist for the George W. Bush campaign joins me to discuss more updates about the Kavanaugh allegations and confirmation, an update in a Texas state senate race, and more. Welcome back to Politics Weekly. I'm here this week with my father, Jeff Cleary. Hi, Nolan. Uh, so first, before we get into this week's news, why don't we? Why don't you talk a little bit about yourself? Well, currently I work for a New York State Senator, Senator Kathy Marshone, who represents the 43rd Senate District, um, and I am her uh, Director of Government Affairs, uh, which means that I uh, communicate between the Senate and lots of municipalities. Um, I also do a lot of her budget work and do some work with constituents. Um, previous to this, I've had several political jobs and government jobs. Um, I've worked for uh, Governor Pataki. And, uh, he was the last, just, just to clarify for those who don't know, he George Pataki was the most recent Republican governor from New York. He served from... 1995 up until 2006. That's that's correct, and uh, I've been proud to be a part of many 
many local, state, and national campaigns. Uh, most notably, I was honored to be part of the um, Florida recount for uh, George Bush and Al Gore's attempted theft of the American presidency. <laughs> Um, now, obviously, in case you, you haven't guessed, you, you, he is a conservative. Would you identify as a Reagan conservative, or what, would you, what, would you, what type of conservative would you... Well, I mean, I certainly was very inspired by Reagan, and, and, and I still admire him and, and his words and his deeds very much. Um, but I've been influenced by a lot of people, in, including uh, conversations with you. Oh, thank you. All right, so why don't we get into the news? So the first bit of news the first story we have is about Chris Collins representative Chris Collins Republican from New York uh, as I reported in a couple weeks ago in another episode um, he is uh, retiring from his seat due to a corruption scandal um, but and you and I had this conversation when it happened which was that uh, in order for him to that he, which is that he's going to stay on the ballot no matter what due to New York state law unless he were to buy an address out of state. But it looks like he is officially going to stay on the ballot. Um, and apparently he's thinking about uh, restarting an active campaign. Yeah, that's my understanding. I think over the last couple of days he said he was going to start to campaign again. And we'll just see. I, I uh, don't have an awful lot of hope that, that they'll hold that seat. Yeah. Uh, any so anything else you want to say on that or? Well, you know, I mean, he's he he's guilt, he's innocent until proven guilty, but but you know the indictment was pretty clear and didn't have a lot of wiggle room, and and if he wants to stand up and vigorously fight for his name because he truly believes he's not guilty, he he can do that. He should have done that from the get go, from the moment of the indictment, to suspend your campaign, send the party into chaos send several county chairs out to look for a replacement, launch a small fight to get his name off the ballot, and then after all of that effort, say, oh, I think I'm going to campaign and stay on the ballot, I think is unfair to, to the Republicans who want to hold the seat. Oh, hold on, let me just get that. Let me s oh, sorry. All right. Okay, anything else you want to add, or should we move on? Let's move on. All right. So the next story is about the Illinois governor's race. So right now, there is a hotly contested uh, governor's race in Illinois. Uh, the incumbent governor, Republican Bruce Rauner, is hoping to uh, win re-election to a second term. Uh, but right now, uh, he is not... Uh, there's a new poll that came out which a lot of people have been talking about. Uh, the poll shows, uh, it's from, uh, let, me, let me pull up, I believe it's from Research America Incorporated, and the poll shows that, uh, it shows that uh, Pritz, J.B. Pritzker, the businessman, the billionaire businessman who is his Democratic opponent, uh, is currently leading him with uh, 44%, guess how much uh, Bruce Rauner has in that poll? I couldn't tell you. 27%. Well, that sounds like a resounding butt kick 
kicking to come. Yeah, and he's the incumbent. And obviously, you know, he's going to have an uphill battle. His approval ratings certainly aren't as good as Phil Scott in Vermont or Hogan in Maryland or Baker in Massachusetts. Um, and he is in Obama country. He is in a very blue state. Um, but this is this is really bad, even especially since he's the incumbent. But what are your thoughts on this? Well, what's in the water in in Illinois? I mean, it, it, you know, I mean, he's this guy has had some some sense of scandals, and 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 certainly we've seen. It seems like every governor and 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 mayor of Chicago are uh, are not immune from from finding scandal in their administrations. Yeah. Um. So it, it, it I guess it doesn't matter which party you're in. Of course that. Democrats have controlled Chicago forever, and let's look at what a hole that is. <laughs> yeah, uh, that, and that's true, and he, he got into office four years ago because by, by a narrow margin because he was running against one of the most unpop, unpopular incumbents in the country, Pat Quinn, who, I, who came in after the resignation of Rod Blagojevich. Right. But now I think there was a list that showed he was like that Bruce Browner is like the fourth most unpopular current governor. That was from a study that was taken about a month ago. Okay. All right. Anything else you want to say? No, I'm good with that one. All right. So then the last. I don't live in Illinois. Yeah. So am I. So the next thing is about some of the developments in the Brett Kavanaugh oh boy. investigation. So we reported last week uh, about how. Uh, uh, I believe her name was Chelsea Ford, I believe. I'm not sure that's right. Something like, Ford. Dr. Ford. Doc, Dr. Ford, she... Um, she Cynthia, uh, maybe? Let me look up her name. Dr. Ford Kavanaugh. Well, well she... Trump tweeted her name this morning. Yeah. Uh, uh, Christine. Christine. Christine Blasey Ford uh, accused... Uh, Brett Kavanaugh uh, of sexual assault when he was about 17 years old in high school at a party. 36 years ago. 36 years ago. Um, she accused him of that. Uh, Kavanaugh says he has no recollection of the party ever taking place. Some people have said, we reported on that last week, uh, Kavanaugh has said that he doesn't even recall the party happening. Some people that are skeptics have said, well, if you were drunk, you wouldn't remember it happening. But this has led to uh, a, lot, a ton of speculation. Um, uh, last week, I had Chicago Liberty on as my guest. He, he said that it was going to be, well, this, is, this was in his words, he thought it was going to be more of uh, a, uh, of a um, Clarence Thomas, Anita Hill scenario, more, more, more so like that than it would be a Roy Moore type of scenario. Well, that, th those were his words. But now there were more developments because now they've get, they delayed the vote. It was supposed to happen, as of the time I'm, we're recording this, it was supposed to happen yesterday, but it got pushed back because of these allegations. So now um, there's uh, they've given... Uh, for the opportunity to testify the same way Anita Hill did back in 1991. Um, but uh, there were a lot of, like, there have been a lot of mishaps in, in terms of her, say, like, like, for example, she said she wanted an FBI investigation first to ensure that she wasn't lying. Um, and they said they couldn't do that. And then they offered a deadline. Now it's 
kind of looking a little bit more like it's going to happen at the beginning of next week. Um, but what are your thoughts on this? Well, first of all, I think it's it's very much like like Clarence Thomas, and and it was interesting that she said that you know she she waited waited thirty six years to come forward, and then when she came forward, she was offered the opportunity to testify, and she says, "I need more time." This you know, I, look my my feeling is this: that Judge Kavanaugh has had a stellar career. And he is he is certainly entitled to um, an up or down vote soon. Uh, he he there's this there are no other accusations. Women are lining up to say how instrumental he was in his in their career. He had uh, more than fifty percent of the uh, law clerks that he's ever had were women, and 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 to to a woman they all talk about his his integrity. And his and his honesty. So, while you know accusations like this are 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 important and 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 should should be heard, they're they're it, it's uh, he said she said and it's almost impossible. Uh, some of the I, my understanding is that some of the people that she named as witness have said that they didn't see anything. Um, so and and we need the first Monday in October is just around the corner. And we need a full court. So I encourage uh, Chuck Grassley and Mitch McConnell to get a move on with this thing. They offered her a, a day to come in for a hearing. Mm-hmm. And if she wants to do so, that's fine. And then let's have a vote. All right. Anything else you want to add? No, I think that's it. All right. So let's get on to the next story then. So the next story, and I'd be interested to hear about this, uh, the Trump administration has said that they will cut the number of Syrian refugees that they are uh, that they are cur- that America is currently uh, accepting. Uh, in 2019, uh, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo said that he would be reducing the number to 30,000. Uh, so, what are your thoughts on that? I'd be interested to hear what your thoughts are on that. Well, I think I think that in in uh, foreign affairs. Uh, which includes the Department of Defense, certainly the, the Secretary of State, the Department of State. I think that the President has surrounded himself with some very smart people. Um, I have a lot of faith in those people. And, and while when you look at a, a situation like that and a decision like that, it's more than just, you know, the politics of, of the United States versus Syria. The, this, this is a, a region-wide issue. And you have to know what everything's going on in all different parts of that region. What what's happening with the Russians? What's happening with Iran? What's happening with all the other players? What's happening with our allies? And so, while I I don't spend my days you know getting State Department briefings, I have faith in Secretary Pompeo and and the and the uh, and, Se- and the Secretary of Defense. And, and certainly I also think that Nikki Haley's doing a spectacular job at the United Nations. And so hopefully the president is listening to, to their sound advice. Anything else you want to? Good. All right. Okay, so uh, why don't we move on to the next story? So apparently 
uh, in the state of Texas, history books are actually going to be cutting out any reference to Hillary Clinton or Helen Keller. Okay. Um, so I guess there, there's a woman on CNN, and she was she lived in Texas, and um, I guess there was I guess the way it works is the board has some sort of vote on the popularity or the relevance of uh, certain historical figures mentioned in the Texas history books. And if they deem them not relevant enough, they don't, or based on the vote, I, or something along those lines, then they cut that person, they cut any mention of that person from those books. So apparently Helen Keller and Hillary Clinton uh, did not get enough votes, so now they're going to be cut out of the Texas history books. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I, I, I don't know, uh, you know, how, how, I don't know who these people are, who, who's on the committee, who picks them, how are they chosen? Yeah. You know, what are their backgrounds? Hopefully they're, they have historic backgrounds less, and less than political backgrounds. Um, you know, first of all, Texas is one of the, is, I believe, the leading producer of textbooks for the entire United States. Mm-hmm. And as you and I discussed a few years ago in your history class, um, they had a very, very, very large section on the, uh, the Japanese concentration camps in the United States during mm-hmm. World War II and had very, very little on the Holocaust. And I'm not trying to minimize at all the treatment of, of uh, the Japanese during World War II. It was awful and it was wrong. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I think that anyone with a sense of history would certainly understand that the Holocaust was a much more significant event right? and, and, and something that needed to be focused on more. It was an attempted genocide. It, 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 it was a genocide. It, yeah, it was a genocide. Um, you know, when I worked for Governor Pataki, uh, we, he signed into law a bill that allowed the, uh, the Irish famine from 1845 to 50 to be taught as a human rights violation, and I think most historians would agree that it was a human rights yeah. violation. However, there is an argument to be made that legislating curriculum is is a very bad idea. And I, I again, I guess the one thing I don't know enough about this individual story is is who are the people taking the vote? Obviously, right. you can't include everything. You can't you can't have all history in a history mm-hmm. book. You have to take time and focus on on different aspects of things. Um, and you know, and who did they replace her them these women with? So if you're going to talk about ten historical women uh, in American women uh, in a you know second half of the history of our country, who who did they replace those two women with? And and again, who are these people, and how did they get get the privilege to vote on this? Hmm. Anything else you want to add? I don't think so. All right, so let's move on to a story I think you're really going to like. All right. Joe Percoco. Percoco. So, I just like saying Percoco. It's so, fun, isn't it? Yeah. Percoco. Go so, ahead. Uh, so Joe Percoco, for those who don't know, he had ties to the campaign of Governor Andrew Cuomo um, and there was a lot of corruption going on with him. There were corruption charges, 
and now he is being sentenced to six years in prison. Um, and on the same day he was set, the sentencing was given out, Cuomo actually released uh, an attack ad on his Republican opponent, Mark Molinero, where he attacks him for the pay-to-play. He tries to uh, make him look like a pay-to-play politician and ends the ad saying, well, we, we don't need a governor with dirty hands or something along those lines. So what are your thoughts on I'm sure you have much to say about Joe Percoco, so what are your thoughts? I have a lot to say about Mr. Percoco. <laughs> um, well, for, first of all, you know, it's interesting that An- Andrew Cuomo has really tried to distance himself and said, you know, he was an advisor and he was this and that. This is the, this is the guy who was called... Mario Cuomo's third son. Uh, this this guy was in the kitchen cabinet. This was the de facto chief of staff to to the governor. This guy was allowed to keep his capital ID card even though he wasn't an employee. There's an awful lot of evidence that he was running the governor's campaign out of the out of the go, out of the state offices that are the executive chamber, which are also illegal. That he was never charged with any of that because that probably would have led to to Andrew Cuomo. Um, you know, we were told and promised by Andrew Cuomo when he came in he'd have the cleanest uh, government in the history of, of New York, <laughs> and and you know Todd Howe and and other member and and uh, Elaine Calieros uh, are both have both been convicted and are awaiting sentencing. Uh, I believe there's two more. Uh, two or three more yet to go. So, so six people in his inner circle are going to federal prison. Uh, to say nothing of Shelley Silver uh, and 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 the uh, and Dean Skelos, the former uh, uh, majority leader of the Senate. So we don't have a clean government. Andrew Cuomo has done nothing to clean up the corruption in Albany. Uh, and Coco is, you know, the new the next poster child. And I've heard that word poster child. Going back for for thirty years, uh, Alan Hevesy was the poster child. Uh, so we don't we don't have the most open government which he 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 claimed we would have. We don't have the cleanest government which he claimed we would have. So and yet he'll probably win by twenty plus points. Uh, another another thing. Do you think uh, that this might uh, negatively affect? If he chooses to run for president in 2020, which a lot of pe- which most people believe he will, do you think that this could uh, hurt his chances in the same way Bridgegate arguably hurt Chris Christie's chances? Well, I, you and I have talked a lot about this, and I, I believe that the Democrats probably are going to face the problem that the Republicans faced for, well, two years ago, but in two years, where... You know, you'll probably have to have the kiddie table for the debates because so many Democrats want to run. And when you have, you know, a dozen or more Democrats on the debate, they want to take each other out. So why wouldn't you put, say, Percoco as often as possible and, and, and talk about all, all of the money that, that Andrew Cuomo has spent around the country in television ads to bring literally less than 100 jobs to New York State. He has spent 25 to 30 million dollars and has created less than 100 jobs with that money. Right. And um what was I going to say? Uh right, and there are already three 
major Democrats declared in the race. There's uh, John Delaney, the soon-to-be former Maryland congressman. There's Avenatti, who's all but officially confirmed, Michael Avenatti, the Stormy Daniels lawyer. And then there's Michael Bloomberg, who's who hasn't filed paperwork yet, but it's pretty much announced. Mm-hmm. So, and, and it's not even early 2019. Typically, the candidates start getting in in early 2019. It's not even 2019 yet, and we still have three major candidates that are essentially in the race. But look at the list of people who are mentioning and people who are traveling. Yeah. Christian Gildebrand has been to, to New Hampshire I don't know how many times. Uh, 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 Joe Biden was just in Iowa. So, and, and the list goes on. Yeah. Know, they're talking about Cory Booker, and they're talking about, help me out here. Whole, uh, Harris. Kamal Harris. Uh, and, uh, yeah. Just, Julian Castro is kind of acting like he's going to run, even though nobody really cares. Eric Holder is even sort of throwing his hat in sure, the ring. There's even rumors that Hillary's going to give it another try. Yeah, that's unlikely. Well, but it's all unlikely, but if you... If you sta- maybe and we, Bernie and we know, will get back. Well, I don't know, uh, but you know the, we, we, we know that if we sat here, we could come up with a list of probably between 15 and 20 people, and if only half of them get in, that's you have seven or eight candidates. And yet, so I think, yes, if you're one of those seven or eight candidates, and... and, and Andrew Cuomo is on the stage. You're gonna you're gonna have to point out his his failures as governor. Now, it could be that by that time Andrew Cuomo's cooling his heels in a federal prison, but uh, we'll have to wait and see on that. All right. Anything else you want to add, or should we move on to the next? Move right along. All right then. So uh, the next uh, story. Uh, so Governor Larry Hogan, Republican from Maryland, is running for re-election this year. Um, of course, Maryland is considered a deep blue state, which both Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama won by landslides in 2016 and 2012. Uh, however, uh, Larry Hogan is the second uh, most popular governor in the country behind Charlie Baker, who's from uh, Massachusetts, which is also funny since that's also an overwhelmingly blue state. Um, but uh, Larry Hogan is hoping uh, that his uh, approval ratings uh, will help him get across the finish line. But there has still been some hope for Democrats up until recently. Um, there, there was a pretty crowded field of Democrats uh, attempting to run against Hogan. It was believed for a while that the Prince County executive, Rusher and Baker, the establishment guy was going to get the nomination. Instead, it went to Ben Jealous, who was the more Bernie Sanders type candidate. He was the former president of the NAACP. Um, And a lot of people thought he might have a chance, um, but there have been a lot of controversies with him lately. There was one video that was caught on camera where he held a press conference and he was asked if he was uh, a socialist because Larry Hogan called him a socialist. And at first he kind of dodged the question and said, oh, it was similar to when Barry Goldwater called Martin Luther King a socialist or yada, yada, yada. And then at the end he says, yes, but are you a socialist? And then he says right there while being filmed for the six o'clock news at his press conference, he says, are you effing kidding me? He says that right there. Class. And then, uh, and he had to apologize for that. And then later on he was talking about, he had a tweet about police brutality 
and somebody said, uh, somebody replied to him and said, F those cops, it was like a vulgar tweet that said, F those cops, I'd like to see those cops uh, injured or killed, yada, yada, yada. And he ended up, his account, his, uh, Ben Jealous' official account liked that tweet. So then he had to apologize for that. But um, now, um, uh, Larry Hogan, he already had a big lead in the polls over Jealous, and now that's expanded because Larry Hogan, a new poll that came out this week, shows him leading by 20 points. And that's pretty significant because if Larry Hogan pulls this off, if he gets reelected, he will be just the second Republican uh, in the history of Maryland statehood to be reelected re as governor. Um, and the last governor who was reelected was reelected, uh, or the last Republican governor that was reelected, who was the only Republican governor reelected, was 60 years ago. So that would be historic precedent. But what are your thoughts on Larry Hogan's poll numbers? Well, I, I, I think you're impressive. I, I, you know, you, you see in states where there are Republican governors, where there mm -hmm. have been Republican governors in blue states, these are not far right-wing people. These are, these right. are moderates. Uh, certainly, you know, George Pataki was a moderate. Uh, people can say that maybe Bill Weld was even a, a liberal Republican. But but these are these are certainly people, wasn't a libertarian. I'll tell you he, that he was not. He certainly was not. And these and these are people who who come into government in blue states and they they really do try to get things done and they try mm -hmm. to to work reasonably and meet in the middle mm -hmm. with with the Democrats that they have have to work with. And and I think the people of those states respect that. And as as we see now. You know, and and the Republicans went through this with the Tea Party, and the Democrats are going through this now with the Res with the hashtag resistance movement. The, cor correct, and so so when you have a guy who is willing to cross party lines, work and move towards the middle, and move towards agreement, and then you have the the hard left out there screaming mm -hmm. uh, that. That, that the only thing that can happen, and the Tea Partiers did that too. The only thing that can happen is, you have to be a hundred percent in lockstep with them, or they're going to come after you. And that's the, that's what the the Bernie Sanders people right. are. So so I think that most people, most people who are also tired of of the harsh partisanship, you know, are embracing something a little bit more in the middle and what I would consider common sense. Yeah, well, and a lot of them have been going for a fiscally, well, they, they branded themselves as fiscally conservative and socially, socially liberal, liberal. Sure. yeah. Like, that's that's how Charlie Baker got in, because Charlie Baker, I believe, was Bill Weld's protege in the 90s, and then when he ran in 2000, he ran twice, he ran against Deval Patrick, he narrowly lost, and then he won four years later, but he, he advertised himself, he's like, okay, I'm fiscally conservative, I'll cut taxes and yada 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 but i'm i'm also pro-choice right. i'm pro gay marriage uh i'm socially i'm i'm liberal on a lot of these social issues we also know though there's other factors out there and one of the things that we're seeing in in new york is there are some very reasonable uh republicans in congress uh and 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 in in other offices at in the, in the state legislature in the state house and they are getting beat up because New York, the, the, the most, you know, Donald Trump is very unpopular in New York. 
Mm-hmm. So, so while you have a very reasonable guy like this, you know, I, I don't know what Donald, how Donald Trump's polling in Maryland. I suspect not. Oh, well. very bad. Um, and that, and that too, could hurt. Uh, could hurt him there. Yeah. I, I, I think we've seen, we've seen in certain parts of the country. Yeah. We've seen, uh, Donald Trump be very helpful and be successful in helping, uh, uh candidates win. And we've seen him do a lot of damage in, in some of the bluer states. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know how is... Uh, uh, Hogan? Hogan, how is he handling things like, like the, the tax cuts? Because, you know, the, we see what's happening here in New York. Andrew mm-hmm. Cuomo is, is saying that this was a war on New York. Well, it, it, it was not a war on New York. It certainly hit hurt the 1%, which... Which I I've always heard you know is what you know the left wants, and uh, and so I I mean I don't know what's I don't know what how what's the Trump effect in Maryland? Yeah, well I know Larry Hogan. Well, Charlie Baker is obviously extremely anti-Trump. He even uh, refused to because he was invited to a rally with Mike where Mike Pence was at, not Donald Trump but Mike Pence. Um, and he was invited to just come and say, oh, welcome to Massachusetts. And he declined that offer. That was how anti-Trump he was. Um, and then Larry Hogan also, he's not as anti-Trump, but he, he definitely is not a fan of the president. He said he didn't, I think he said he didn't vote for the president. He voted for his father because his father was actually a former congressman who actually ran a, an unsuccessful campaign for governor of Maryland. I, I find that behavior, though, I, I, I understand what some political people say. You know, oh, if you go out to the airport and say hello to the vice president, that will tie you to the president. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, when, when, when Bill Clinton was president of the United States and George Pataki was the governor of the state of New York, there were many receptions around the city of New York. The governor Pataki would go and and welcome the president to the state, and and he did that also with Vice President Gore, um, and and you know I mean if we're going to lose the level of civility where the elected governor of a state can't yeah. meet with the sitting vice president of the United States or, or welcome him formally to your state, regardless of who it is. Mm. Um, you know, I think I think we've got to. We, we're good, that's the wrong direction. Right. Yeah. So Larry Hogan. I mean, he did say after the election, he was like, "Yeah, sure. I guess if he's if I agree with him on some issues, I might work with him." But he he. I mean, for he he's he has different he has different positions on issues than Trump does. For example, on the Paris Accords, he actually kept Maryland in the Paris Climate Accords when Trump withdrew America from the Paris Climate Accords. Um, but, uh, so, but he, overall, he's not pro-Trump, but, uh, regardless, the Democrat, is, Ben Jealous, is still, is still going to link him to Trump just because of his party affiliation. That's just kind of how, it, it, and it worked like that with Obama, too. Uh, if you go back to 2014, there were a lot of centrist there was mark pryor in arkansas there was uh allison lundergan grimes they were both trying to run centrist campaigns um and allison lundergan grimes and she did a horrible job at this a lot of people say this is why she lost by as big a margin as she did she was asked by a reporter who she voted for in 2008 and 2012 
and she said, oh, well, you know, I, 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 do, I think the campaign's about this. It's not about what, what, we, what, what the past is. It's about this. And then the reporter said, so you're not going to answer the question. And then uh, Mark Begich, who is uh, a vulnerable Democratic senator up in Alaska, somebody asked him the same question, and he just walked away from there like without giving an answer. So I kind of... And that was because Obama was the incumbent president back then, and he wasn't popular in Alaska or Kentucky, right. where they were running. Well, you know, there again, though, so we, we don't have honest politicians to help you make up your mind. I mean, you know, we, I've seen that, of course, many, many times. It's actually happening with our candidate for governor here in New York, Mark Molinaro, yeah. who... who who briefly stated that he did not vote for Trump uh-huh. and then and then has not talked about Trump and his running mate uh did vote for Trump so you know right and to be fair Charlie Baker even his lieutenant governor uh, Karen Polito when she came in she was a pretty populist she was a very populist very conservative she voted against gay marriage legalization when she was in the huh in the state house but i think he was i think the excuse he kind, made kind of like hillary did in the united states Senate. exactly but he was able to say oh you know i'll, I'll he kind of made it out like oh i can change her you know sort of type of thing and she obviously she became more like charlie baker it's after called evolving it, yeah it's called evolving or evolving for your political interests yes. um so i don't know if mark molinero is gonna is gonna try and do the same thing. I mean, he, 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 if he, if he could commit the miracle of winning, yeah, he would. Yeah. But I don't hold out an awful lot of hope. Yeah. Well, I mean, if with, with Joe, I mean, there's a, there's a way of doing it. Like Joe Manchin, when Joe Manchin was running for Robert Byrd's seat in the 2010 special election in West Virginia, uh, he, uh, the opponent tried to, uh, attack him. He tries to oh, he's a Democrat. He he's he's gonna vote with Obama all the time. And Joe Manchin, instead of saying, "Oh, I didn't vote for Obama," or dodging the question, he just had this ad where he had a gun. He had the cap and trade I, bill, I, I and then he shot that. that. He I, shot the, and that was that was effective. And he won by ten points in I a year that. where that was a great ad. Republicans did extremely well. Yeah, no, I remember that very well. So there's a way of doing it right. There, there is. Yeah. Anything else you want to add? Uh, no, I don't think so. All right, then let's move on. So the next, uh, so there was a Texas Senate ra- uh, state Senate race this week. It was a special election, which has been making national headlines. So Peter F- uh, Flores, the Republican, defeated Pete uh, Galeo in an upset in the 19th District uh, in the state Senate. That was a uh, ex- that was expected to go for uh, Gallego, who was the Democrat, but uh, it went to Flores. Now, you're probably thinking, why, why are we talking about a state Senate race? Well, the reason why is because this makes Flores the first Republican in 139 years to win this uh, seat in the Texas State Senate. Wow. Uh, what, where, where is that district? Uh, it's the 19th district in Texas. Do you know what, what area I, it covers? I don't. That's significant. Um, but it, it, go, it goes to show because 
Listen, it's looking right now like like Democrats are probably going to do very well during this midterm cycle. Um, anything could happen, but just based on history, if you look at 2016 or 1994, or 2010 or 2014, the incumbent party tends to lose seats. And right now they are favored in a lot of the polling right now across the country and a lot of the demographics and the turnout are on their side. But one of the places Democrats were really, really, really hoping to make a lot of gains was in Texas because Texas for many years was kind of like California to the Democrats in that it was the epicenter for conservative politics. And Democrats were like, oh, if we can, if we can win in Texas or we can at least win some statewide races or some major house races in Texas, uh, maybe – uh, you know, maybe we can win anywhere. Right. Um, but uh, the fact that they they couldn't hold that state, I mean, obviously right now Ted Cruz is in a tough battle for re-election. Um, but if they can't win that, that state Senate race, I mean, the fact that that Republican was the first Republican in 139 years to win that seat kind of shows that maybe the even if the turnout is really good in other states, it may not be as great as they hope for it to be in Texas. Yeah. You know, this is this is going to be a, a, a election. Donald Trump re, redrew the maps for his election win. Um, it, it's going to be very interesting. Anything else you want to say on that? I think we're good. All right, so let's move on to the next issue. So we have about two stories left. Okay. Uh, so, um, so there is this woman named Julie Briskman. So Julie Briskman, uh, she went, or sorry, uh, yeah, Julie Briskman, she went uh, viral last year because there is a picture where Trump was uh, in his motor motorcade, and she biked up to his motorcade and flicked him off, and that photo surfaced on the uh, internet. She got fired from. Her job, because her job apparently, or the company she worked for donated to Trump's campaign. She sued the company and she was successful in that. But I guess now she is apparently uh, running for office. She lives in Virginia, where Trump is not very popular. Um, but she is now running for office uh, in Loudoun County in the, for the, uh, on the Loudoun County Board of Supervisors. She's facing Suzanne Volp, who is the incumbent Republican, and uh, uh, now that that county is blue-leaning, it's sort of purplish, it's blue-leaning, it tends to go blue in presidential elections, but right now Republicans have a majority on the board, so now she has a crowdfunding campaign page uh, where she says, uh, quote, whether it's standing up for a cause such as our first Amendment rights to peacefully protest the policies of the Trump administration are working to ensure our children and teachers are given every opportunity to succeed. I do not back down when I see something uh, when I see something is not right. Uh, that was part of a long essay that was on her page. That was just a significant snippet of it. Uh, but what are your thoughts on her running for office? Well, this is really the first I've heard of her to be honest with you but you know what you've what you've told me what you've informed me but I think I do kind of remember the the, the photograph um, 
which just tells me that her parents did a terrible job in raising her. Um, but, you know, look, we, we, we live in a country where, where, thank God, we can stand in front of the White House and protest. At the same time, riding up to the president's limousine, she's lucky she, you know, wasn't hurt or, or, or apprehended, um, to, to give any sitting president. I mean, I, it's just not who I am. It's not who your right. mom and I raised you to be. I, I was uh, in the presence of a few motorcades with Barack Obama, and I, I just didn't do anything. I didn't flip him off. I didn't, I didn't clap. Uh, but, but, you know, I mean, I, I, just, I just think that, we're, again, we talked about it a little while ago, we're going in the wrong direction of civility here. How do we ever, and I get that Donald Trump's a very polarizing person, but so is Barack Obama. Right. How do we, how do we get, I mean, let's, let's go in the other direction. Let's tell our kids to be respectful, not only of the president and, and, and our government leaders, but, but each other, no matter, no matter who it is. We're, we're not teaching our kids to, to be respectful to, to one another. All right. Anything else you want to add? Uh, no. All right. Uh, so let's uh, continue on to the last story of tonight, and that is uh, another something else about Kavanaugh. So uh, I reported on the episode last week that Mark Warner had the Democrat – Democratic senator from Virginia had officially confirmed he would not be voting for Kavanaugh. Not too much of a surprise since uh, Virginia, that was before the allegations came out. It wasn't sure. too much of a surprise seeing as Virginia, Trump isn't very popular there. Uh, both Hillary and Obama won that state, albeit by narrow margins both times. But still, it's more leaning in the direction of a blue state. But still... Uh, Mark Warner did vote for Gina Haspel's nomination, which surprised a lot of people. So it was that type of thing where it's like, okay, it's kind of a long shot, but you never know. Before that, Sherrod Brown confirmed he wouldn't vote for Kavanaugh. That wasn't too surprising. But he was, again, he was in a state Trump won by a big margin, and he is up this year, although he is leading by big margins in the poll. So that was an you-don't-know type of thing. Now we have somebody who... A lot of people were actually looking at who a lot of people thought might actually vote for him, uh, although she did not vote for Neil Gorsuch. Uh, Senator Claire McCaskill, Democrat from Missouri, she has confirmed she will vote no on Kavanaugh. This is more significant because Missouri is really Trump country. I mean, that's he won that state by 20 points, uh, and I think Romney won it by nine points in 2012. Um, so she said she will not vote for him. And interestingly, the reason has, according to her, has nothing to do with the sexual assault allegations. It has no, According to her, it has nothing to do with that. It has nothing to do with uh, him potentially overturning Roe versus Wade. Apparently, according to her, it's mainly because of his stance on campaign finance reform and the and his belief that uh, in past writings he's implied he believes that there should be no maximum amount of money you should be allowed to give a candidate. And, that, and he's absolutely right about it. And I, I agree with that. Um, it's your money. You should be allowed to spend it as you please. As long as you have full reporting. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but, uh, uh, but apparently she's out. Now, the three Democrats that voted for Gorsuch... 
Height Camp from North Dakota, Donnelly from Indiana, and uh, uh, West Virginia, Joe Manchin, have not said whether they will vote for Kavanaugh or not. Doug Jones, who of course has been in the Senate since this year, he's from he's a Democrat from Alabama, he has not said whether he will vote yet, and obviously Collins from Maine and uh, Murkowski from uh, Alaska, the two Republicans, uh, still have not come out yet. But what are your thoughts on Claire McCaskill, a bit more significant? What are your thoughts on her saying she would not vote for... Well, I don't, first of all, I don't, I don't believe for a second the reasons that she says she's not voting for him. But I, I imagine she has done what any good politician has done. She's polled it. And she has come up with, with, with her answer. Well, I, since we're revisiting this whole topic, the interesting thing to me is Susan Collins because... Susan Collins, what, what they are doing to her up there, they are picketing her office every day, and they have started a GoFundMe page right. uh, uh, to, to raise, raise money, and they said they're going to give it to her if she, if she wins, and they're going to give it to her opponent, or if she, if she votes no, and they're going to give it to her opponent if, if she votes yes. Now, first of all, this is a clear violation of federal election law. And and it is also an out and out attempted at bribing a sitting United States senator, and 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 we're now back to the crazies and 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 you know you elect a senator, you elect a congressman, you elect your local officials, you you have every right to call them up and tell them what how you feel about a particular issue or a particular nomination. You can Facebook them, you can communicate with them in any way you want. And then mm-hmm. when it comes to election time, you can exercise your right to vote. You can exercise yeah. your ability to write checks and support them or, or, or to, to go against them, to write letters to the editors, to talk to your friends, to, to organize against them, to mm-hmm. find candidates to run against them. That's all your right to do. But what, what, what we see going on in Maine right now, I think, is, is just borderline nuts. Yeah. Well, and I'm almost wondering if she's going to retire in two years because... You know, ironically, I'm going to use a uh, a Supreme Court analogy here. Uh, she has been voting more with Trump on issues lately, um, and uh, or at least in this past year. And if you look at Kennedy in his past, in his last year, he voted more conservatively than he typically did. Uh, so I almost wonder if she's going to retire for that reason. I don't know, maybe that's just me. Well, no, you, 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 you may be right, which just goes to, to another point that we don't have an awful lot of candidates with the political courage to vote their, their, the way they think they should and do what's right for the people of America. They have to put their finger in the air, see where the wind's blowing, and, and see what's going to help them get elected next time. Yeah. And, and when we have candidates that stop, start worrying more about America and stop worrying enough about the next election, we'll be, again, moving in the right direction. Uh, do you think that Murkowski and Collins are going to vote yes on Kavanaugh? I, I, as we stand right now, not having seen these hearings, not seeing, you know, if you were asking me today, I, I think, I, I don't know how Murkowski's going to vote, but I do think Collins is going to vote for it. Yeah. I, I, I kind of think that if, because Murkowski is in, an, is in a red state, I think if Collins were to vote... For Kavanaugh, I think Murkowski would probably follow, okay. but that that's just me. Um, what about Mansion? Or I predict Mansion's going to vote for him. You, you still think he's going to vote for I him? Do. 
What about Heitkamp and Donnelly and Jones? Uh, Heitkamp, yes. Donnelly, I'm not sure. Jones is an interesting one because of the way he came to the Senate. Yeah. Um, so I, 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 I just I just don't know. Although, as, as we know, all of these people over... Probably already, but in the next coming days, they'll be in the field polling this this issue to see, you know, which way the wind is blowing for them. Yeah. Right. All right. So is there anything else you want to say before we wrap up? Yes. Go Irish. <laughs> well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, make sure to check out the new Election Talk episode that I just posted. Uh, and thank you all for listening. Bye.